Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome back to another packed podcast news and views today as we talk about a lot of what's happening in the country and around the world. But this title of today's podcast, When Will Quoting the Bible Officially Be Designated Hate Speech? One of the main articles we'll get to today, YouTube uh, has affirmed a new Canadian law uh, against um, what they call conversion therapy. But John MacArthur's biblical sermon uh, from a week ago was labeled hate speech and removed from YouTube. Why? Uh, because he said God made us male and female. Is that true? Is that biblical? God created the heavens and the earth, and God made mankind male and female. Is that true, and is that biblical? Well, um, it's being deemed hate speech by the one-party big tech media conglomerate. And there's so much to get to today, but I want to start off with some scripture, and then we'll open up and a lot of business to take care of, some listeners from different states that we've got to give a shout-out to. But Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. Why do I open with that today? Um, well, we're, we've got one more uh, passage of Scripture I'm going to share with you in a minute, but I went to a memorial for a friend on Saturday. Alan, um, it, it, talk about a glorifying to God memorial service. Um, and uh, he was a friend, a listener, a uh, family member in Christ, he would come in on occasion and sit in studio here when we would interview a guest on Stand Up For The Truth, and he would have breakfast brought in for the staff here at Stand Up For The Truth and Q90FM. And um, at the very end of December, he was scheduled to come in and sit in on a podcast with Elijah Abraham. <clears throat> and um, he had breakfast sent in, and he texted me and said, hey, brother, not feeling well. I'm going to sit this one out, but breakfast is on the way. He would do things like that. And um, then, of course, about 10 days later, um, he died of heart complications, and uh, he was struggling with, with COVID, but it was a heart issue that uh, took him home. And I can't say that I'm not a bit envious because, as you know, friends, our citizenship is in heaven, and uh, we await a Savior, our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, to return from there um, and make all things new. But when I 
went to the memorial service on Saturday, um, and Crash was there too. Uh, we ran into Dr. Jake Jacobs, another podcast guest who is, is local. But just the way God was glorified, the gospel was preached, the invitation was given. And I pray that every one of us in Christ, when we die, that our memorial service would be similar to that, to Alan's, and that there was worship music. Uh, one song had me in tears. I'm sure everybody was choked up as you watched pictures uh, of Alan and Jill, his wife. By the way, pray for Jill. Pray for Jill and the kids, um, Alan's wife and children. And um, just phenomenal. One of, one of uh, his daughters, Amanda, I believe her name is, got up and said Alan would send her Stand Up For The Truth podcast and say, you've got to listen to this one. And I told her, I'm sorry, I'm sorry uh, uh, you got bombarded with that. No, but Alan was uh, a truth proclaimer and defender. He was um, just a hard worker. He was an incredible man of God, man of integrity, a, a great businessman, an incredible uh, friend. And I don't, he did so much. He lived life so fully. And it, it was just a reminder, if you take anything away from this, take this away, that we, you and I, friends, you, we have to redeem the time. Redeem the time. I believe that's uh, Ephesians 4.15. Take advantage of the time we have. The, the verse that always comes to mind is, is Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach us to number our days. So, Father in heaven, thank you for that reminder. Um, a lot of people have died this last year, some close to us, and I know that we need the reminders, Lord. Those of us left behind, those of us still here, we need reminders so that we will not take life or salvation for granted. So help us be about your business, Lord. Help us to be ministers of reconciliation. Use us in any way you will. Father, be glorified in our lives. Help us to be the salt and light we are called to be. Minister to each listener now, every person who is hearing my voice now. Touch their hearts, strengthen their faith, protect them from the enemy in Jesus' name. I lift them up to you and pray for their health and for their families. I also ask, Lord, that we would be better ambassadors for Christ during this season that we're living in. Um, we love you. We know that you are in control. You are sovereign over all things. And we thank you for those reminders that when a family member is brought home to you, we long to be where you are, absent from the body, present with the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 10, 8 through 11, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him, will not be put to shame. Romans 8, I'm sorry, Romans 10, verse 8 through 11. Now, before we get to those articles and uh, the topics today, a little business. Um, let's see. Oh, prayers. We have two sick staff members who have either a cold or flu. Um, one may have COVID. Uh, what was the next one? 
after COVID, uh, the, the variant, Delta, uh, Omicron, I don't know. But one of, them may, one of our staff members was sick last week. He has recovered. He's better now. But I think he graciously left something behind. We're not sure because <laughs> two people and we have a small staff, friends. So pl- pray that we would be able to get everything done today and this week and that uh, we need to do. Um, so pray for also some friends who have been sick. And I know you everyone probably knows someone who it's flu season, right? It's flu season. Um, I shouldn't say that because I think the flu has been healed and cured from numbers in the last two years. The flu numbers are way dramatically down. Almost non-existent. Don't know how that happened. But um, I just want to shout out to some listeners we've heard from over the weekend. Wyoming, hello. Thank you guys so much for your support of Stand Up For The Truth. We heard from Florida. We heard from Indiana, uh, Texas, and Colorado. And I want to mention I Need Prayers also. Uh, My preaching schedule, January 30, is this Sunday already. I will be at the Vine Christian Fellowship in Appleton, Wisconsin. And February 13. I will be preaching at uh, Crossroads Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. And in March, we haven't set the date yet, but I will be at Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, Illinois, in the Chicago area. But uh, CCLV, Calvary Chapel, Lake Villa, love those family members down there. Um, And finally, I've just got a question to ask you before we move on. Um, The March of Life, March for Life, took place. And... Do you know what that is? Yeah, I think most of you do. Um, did you hear anything about it? Did you hear anything about the March for Life? It's an annual pro-life rally advocating for life, all life, from conception until death, from the womb to the tomb. March for Life. <laughs> I mean, there have been years where hundreds of thousands have taken uh, their stand in Washington, D.C., and I've seen videos, my, it's just amazing, of the, the massive amount of people. It was a little less this year, probably because of uh, the weather and because of uh, people being sick and concerned about COVID or whatever. So a little bit better, but still hundreds of thousands. And I'm looking over at uh, uh, CNN. I'm sorry, I just cussed. No, um, their headline, ready? Thousands take part in March for Life. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And over at at, at National Progressive Radio, the same headline pretty much, NPR.org, funded by our tax dollars, run by the radical left and the Democrats. But NPR, thousands gather for the March for Life protest. Um, So seriously, my serious question, and you can email me comments at standupforthetruth.com. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Did you hear anything about the March for Life? In the news, I should say. I know on social media, people were there. They posted videos. Did you see those time-lapse videos of the crowds going through? Um, I mean, it looks like a little more than a few thousand people, but that's, I know. I I mean, one year, I think they had almost half a million or more than that. This was about five years ago. And um, I, I remember the headlines from the one-party mainstream or or the one-party big tech media conglomerate, um, hundreds and hundreds gathered, perhaps thousands gathered, marching for life. Anyway, so let me know if you heard about it on the news, whether that be local or national. So March for Life. It happens every year, I believe since 1974. 
So now, this article that came out just last week, um, YouTube labels John MacArthur's sermon hate speech after he said, God made us male and female. YouTube has censored a biblically-based sermon labeling it as hate speech. Why? Because it isn't pro-LGBTQ+. What is the plus? Whatever they want to add after that, that we will be discriminatory if we come against the plus, whatever name, pronoun, designation, victim group. So Pastor John MacArthur, Grace Community Church in Los Angeles, preached a sermon last Sunday about biblical sexuality. Um, It was part of an effort by pastors across North America to protest a new Canadian law that took effect January 8th after being pushed through Parliament with little debate. The concern is that Canada's Bill C-4 broadly worded and could, in effect, ban biblical teachings on sexual ethics and might even, might even limit personal communications on the subject. Preachers are protesting the law at the pulpits, over 4,000 pastors affirming their opposition as well as willingness to speak out against it, <clears throat> uh, according to Liberty Coalition Canada. The bill's wording is broad enough to allow for, quote, the criminal prosecution of Christians who would speak biblical truth into the lives of those in bondage to sexual sins like homosexuality and transgenderism. Standing in the pulpit Sunday, John MacArthur said, quote, there is no such thing as transgender. You are either XX or XY. That's it. God made man male and female, period. That is determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. That is reality. So, friends, is the left really following the science? What about on life in the womb? When does a life start? What happens in a mother's womb? Is it a human life? Is it a human being? When do they feel pain? When do they start breathing? When do they have a heartbeat, a baby, a fetus? Fetus means little one. Did you know that? The Latin translation of the word uh, fetus is offspring or little one in the womb. So you're talking about an offspring. You're talking about a human being, a life in the womb. And the left, anyway, we won't go down that road. But let's go back to the transgender issue. Um, Is this true? Is that backed by science? Does science... First of all, science doesn't speak. Scientists do. Science doesn't speak. Scientists do. Men and women that are scientists, um, they're the ones that say yes or no, but so XX or YY, I'm sorry, XX or XY, it's determined genetically. That is physiology. That is science. So, He continued, MacArthur said, on the one hand, the reality of that lie and deception is so damaging, so destructive, so isolating, so corrupting that it needs to be confronted. But on the other hand, that confrontation can't exaggerate what already exists, which is a sense of feeling isolated in relationships. But YouTube removed MacArthur's sermon from its platform and told uh, and labeled it said the video presentation was hate speech. In quotes, it's hate speech. He quoted the Bible. He affirmed science and physiology. And friends, that is hate speech. That is our upside-down world. 
hate speech, when you say something that is true, even backed by science, of course, biblical, that is our standard. The Bible is final authority, the Bible. But it's backed by science, uh, your DNA, biology, physiology. But now man is labeling it hate speech. Uh, it just makes me think of Romans chapter 1, verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. Um, verse 24, go back a couple verses in Romans 1. Therefore, God gave them up to vile impurity in the lusts of their hearts, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. So, claiming to be wise, they became fools, it says. Their foolish hearts were darkened. It says, um, haters of God, wow, boastful, inventors of evil. Yep, Romans chapter 1. It's, it's, it's serious, friends, where we're at right now. Strong delusion. Um, so YouTube apparently said, our team has viewed your content, and unfortunately we think it violates our hate speech policy. We've removed the following content from YouTube, their quote, and the, the title apparently was, there is no such thing as transgender, you are XX or XY. That's it. <laughs> you know, I don't agree with everything, even from a doctrinal standpoint, to the, that John MacArthur has preached, but he's one of the top Bible teachers, I believe, in the country. Um, and I believe, I, I'm just thankful for his strong stance. You can you know, think about him, Franklin Graham, a list of others that are taking stands. And we are here for such a time as this, friends. If we are not to proclaim the truth, who will? Seriously, who will proclaim the truth? Who will tell the truth about this to people that are hurting, to people that are deceived? So Jenna Ellis, a special counsel for the Thomas More Society, who represented MacArthur when Los Angeles County tried to shut down Grace Church for defying pandemic-induced health orders, Jenna Ellis spoke out against YouTube's censorship of the sermon. She, she says, quote, The big tech oligarchy in the U.S. is implementing the equivalent of Canada's insane law by censoring truth and the right of pastors to teach the Bible. If Americans don't stop big tech, Tech. This new regime will circumvent the Constitution to, for, to foreclose our fundamental rights to speak and exercise religion, and the impact will be devastating. Friends, that is truth. That is prophetic. I hope it's not prophetic, but it, you know the impact will be devastating. Um, we, we've got to speak up about this, friends. Raise awareness. Hate speech is not coming. It is here that they are labeling hate speech, I should say. Another article over at Harbinger's Daily, YouTube affirms new Canadian law, John MacArthur's biblical sexuality sermon labeled hate speech removed from platform. So make sure to check out these articles. I will put them in the podcast notes at standardforthetruth.com. When we come back, something from Alliance Defending Freedom that you want to hear about, about the O'Biden regime and how he has or has or has not uh, upheld America's first freedom. Very important. We've got something from the Family Research Council. Also, Caitlyn Jenner. That's right. He has taken a stand on whether uh, we need to protect women's sports. That's right. You heard it right. Caitlyn Jenner. He has taken a stand. 
You know, Travis, we could be banned for me just saying that. He legally changed his name so I can say Caitlin, but I can't go against biblical truth, biology, physiology, and X, 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 Y. But we'll see what he said, Caitlin, when we come back. Plus, I'm going to read you a little bit about the symptoms, the symptoms that we have as a nation we have to be concerned about on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Hey, friends, before I go on, I forgot to mention earlier um, my friend uh, Alan, who uh, is now with the Lord and had his memorial service. The family held it on Saturday. What is really amazing to me, and this is um, just where his heart was at, is he was a true truth proclaimer and defender. He put in the um, in the newspaper and in their thing the thing that they sent out to friends, relatives, people that wanted to go to the service, the memorial, watch it online, or support the family. They said, in lieu of flowers, please consider a donation to Alan's favorite ministry, Stand Up for the Truth. And I thought, I mean, who does that? Someone that is, truly believes in our ministry, our vision, and what we are trying to do here, but someone that uh, that also gets it. And I think about flowers. Some people did bring flowers, but uh, we got a lot of donations from different places because of Alan and because of Jill and their support of this ministry. I mean, last year they even shipped a box of books. They bought several cases of Canceling Christianity, and they shipped one to Colorado for for me to uh, J.B. Hickson's church. I'll bet J.B. didn't even know that. Um, that when I was, and I think I was out of town or something and I couldn't get to the post office or I couldn't get to my books, JB needed a box. So Alan and Jill, uh, Minx sent the books to that. Just amazing. But who does that instead of flowers? And then I think of this verse, the grass withers, the flower, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. I think that's Isaiah 40 verse eight. Don't quote me, but I think it is the grass withers, the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. So let this be maybe a reminder to you. Not It might not be standard for the truth. It might be your church. It might be a favorite ministry that's close to your heart, that's near and dear to you, that you believe in. When someone dies, consider supporting a ministry, especially someone that's evangelical, a ministry that's proclaiming the gospel. Um, yeah, so that's all I need to say about that. Um, thank you for the book orders. Uh, the books on Amazon, book sales are down, <laughs> dramatically down. They are tanking, but people are ordering these four book uh, bundles, and I thank you for that because they're just sitting in boxes right now. Um, so I'd better rather rather have them out to you. It's where people can read them. By the way, there's four books for $35. They're like $8 and something per book. Um, all four of my books, you can get them. Call me here. You can email. You can go to the Facebook page. I think there's info on that. In every podcast post, there's info. If you would like to do that, you can stop by the studio and get them. And um, yes, it's not a moneymaker, but it's definitely getting the books out there. So thank you, friends. So Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. America will either advance toward a God-sent revival or an irreversible decline. It depends on the course Christians choose. Will the church in America that has conformed to culture that has become generally, not all churches, but generally lukewarm, will we stand for righteousness and truth and true justice? 
not man-redefined justice, not social justice, not apostasy. True justice, righteousness. Will we take a stand? Will we stop conforming? Will we warn others? Well, for hundreds of years, historians and scholars have studied and evaluated factors that have caused the destruction of great empires around the world. Uh, A man named Al Whittinghill of Ambassadors for Christ International said that the following cannot be refuted by an honest person. Scholars like Edward Gibbon wrote the classic The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, and Arnold Toynbee wrote A Study of History. And they've set set forth in great clarity and detail 21 of the last great empires on earth and showed the same common signs of decline just before they dissolved and disappeared from the world stage, from world history. Here are the three major areas of symptoms that these 21 of the great empires on earth all showed common signs of decline before they faded into history. Number one, social symptoms. An increase in lawlessness and promotion of the wrong people. A loss of economic discipline and self-restraint. Greed. Rising government taxes and regulations. And a growing bureaucracy. And finally, a decline in the relevance and quality of education. Now, those are under social symptoms. Next, we have the cultural symptoms. Now, these are symptoms that these great empires on earth all showed common signs of decline in before they disappeared. Cultural, number one, an increase in materialism and selfish luxury. I would parenthetically insert their best life now. (laughs) Number two, the weakening of the foundational principles that built the nation and made it great. Number three, Policies based on feelings and not moral discipline. Number four, a loss of respect for established authority. Next, and finally, spiritual symptoms. Number one, a rise in immorality and perversion. Number two, the lure of alien gods and the exaltation of man. And number three, a decline in the value placed on human life as evidenced by Abortion, brutality, loss of natural affection, and lack of care for the elderly. Nations ready to die are plagued by lawlessness, economic insolvency, loss of values, self-centeredness, and the breakdown of social order. It loses its moral fiber and the will to sacrifice. That's what happens. Um, Every individual and nation is accountable to God, but there is rebellion that that we—it's off the charts today. We haven't seen such rebelliousness, such apostasy, even in the church, people falling away from God. But as we know, friends, this is a warning. History will end at the feet of our risen Lord. God reportedly warns a nation and even pleads with that nation in many ways— before he removes removes it. But history shows that nations seldom listen. Um, So let's go now to Alliance Defending Freedom. 
and talk about religious freedom for a moment. That's one of the biggest topics now on this podcast because our listeners demand it. Not just their interest, but they comment, they email, they, they let us know what they, what they want to hear about, what they're concerned about. Um, from Alliance Defending Freedom, President Biden said before he was elected, and we talked about this before, he would be a unifier. He would be a president for, quote, all Americans. Is he? No, he's just dividing. He's just really catering to one side, isn't he? Policies of his administration have supported and continue to support the opposite of what he actually campaigned on or said. Does that make him a liar? Uh, you tell me. Because someone else is obviously yanking his change, pulling, pulling the strings, and running the country. But on his first day in office, remember? Um, he signed an executive order removing protections for women and girls in sports, locker rooms, and other contexts. Since then, his administration has funneled tax dollars to fund pro-abortion organizations overseas. He has promoted an agenda that sees religious freedom as disposable. He has redefined, quote, sex in federal law to include, quote, gender identity, threatening religious colleges, medical professionals, and more. The Biden administration threatened to cut off critical funding of faith-based foster care and adoption providers. They deployed federal law enforcement to target, quote, threats to school boards, which an activist group identified as parents, worked to codify Roe v. Wade and abortion on demand into federal law, and the Biden administration attempted to institute a national COVID-19 vaccine mandate for private employers. Private employers with 100 or more employees, they did that until it was struck down by the Supreme Court. But these anti-freedom actions have been numerous and far-reaching, and so have the intended victims, from employers and employees to faith-based organizations to vulnerable children, the elderly, and more. And I want to mention, uh, this is something that a friend sent me, um, stop calling them public schools. They aren't open to the public. They aren't accountable to the public. They are run by government. They are regulated by government. They are funded by government. They are compelled by government. They are government schools. So thank you for that, for sending that out. Now, what does Caitlyn Jenner think about all this as far as the transgender issue, if there is such a thing? Um, there is, but you know what I mean. After Pastor John MacArthur, what he shared about it. Um, last Wednesday, uh, the NCAA announced a new approach to, quote, transgender athletes uh, moving to a sport-by-sport -sport policy mirroring that of the International Olympic Committees, which changed its rules on transgender athletes. Quote, like the Olympics, the updated NCAA policy calls for transgender participation for each sport to be determined by the policy for the national governing body of that sport, subject to ongoing review and recommendation by the NCAA Committee on Competitive Safeguards and Medical Aspects of Sports to the Board of Governors. With medical aspects? See, they're, now they're making it medical. You know, they have made the moral issue political. And now they're making the moral issue medical in many cases. Um, if there is no policy for a sport, that sport's international federation would be followed. Uh, I just want to move on. The policy change uh, came after 
transgender swimmer in University of Pennsylvania, Leah Thomas, who swam for the men's team for three years before joining the women's team in 2021. Did you hear what I just said? He swam for the men's team for three years and then in 2021, last year, dominated the female competition in swimming in the pool. In November, he, Thomas, Leah Thomas, smashed the record in the 200 free and had the second fastest 500 free time with both times breaking program records at the University of Pennsylvania. So women who had that record or held those records in the past, they were just, you know, well, they were removed. Their names were removed from the record books by a male, a man who now competes as a woman. Now, the, the domination in the pool caused some of his teammates to speak out against his participation on the women's swimming team. Did you ever think we'd be having these conversations? <laughs> Did you ever? What would your grandparents think? What would they say? You know, now keep it clean. What would they say? What about, all right, if, if you're under 30 years old, what would your great-grandparents think about this? That we're having these conversations, that these are news stories. So let's go to Caitlyn Jenner now who, remember, won all the, the decathlon in the Olympics as Bruce. Um, he came out publicly as transgender in 2015 and, and has been an outspoken critic of the transgender women competing in women's sports and has called out the NCAA to change its rules when it comes to transgender athletes. Now, this is Caitlyn Jenner. He said, biological boys, I've said from the beginning, should not be playing in women's sports. We need to protect women's sports. Obviously, this is about Leah Thomas, who has brought a lot of attention to the issue. First of all, I respect, and then he lies, her decision. All right, well, if Leah Thomas is a her, then let her swim with the girls. Let her swim with the women if, if, if Leah Thomas is a her. So Caitlyn Jenner just contradicted himself by saying, I respect her decision to live her life authentically. What does that mean? If it feels good, do it. Or as others... Do what thou wilt. Where have you heard that before? The Satanic Bible, Aleister Crowley. Um, first of all, I respect her decision 100%, but it also comes with responsibility and some integrity. Oh, my goodness. If they're already... It, let's break this down. If it is a lie to say a girl... Or let's just say, let's just say, with the context of this particular story, a boy or a man that was born male, according to the Bible, according to God, according to biology, according to physiology, according to chromosomes, according to science, true science, not redefined science, not feel good, whatever culture wants, conform to the world science. If it is a lie to say he is now a she then these people are lying, too. This is a lie. How can you live with integrity if you're lying about one of the most basic aspects of your humanity? So Caitlyn Jenner explained the unfair advantage that Thomas has when swimming against women. <laughs> and then he goes, I don't know why she's doing it. And, he, and he, he keeps calling Leah Thomas a she. she. So just so you're not confused by this, I'm not doing it. I'm quoting Caitlyn. Are you confused? <laughs> she knows when she's swimming, she's beating the competition by two laps. 
She was born a biological boy. She was raised as a biological boy. Her cardiovascular system is bigger. Her muscles, her respiratory system, her hands. She can swim faster. That is known. So uh, Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce, called on the NCAA to make changes to their rules uh, while also decrying, quote, woke culture that he has contributed to this woke culture. So all of this woke world that we're living in right now is not working. You think? <laughs> My goodness. I'm sorry, guys. See, we have to, sometimes we have to just read what's going on and look at this from a biblical worldview and just have some fun with it. It's sad. Now, tragically, let's go back to the issue of salvation. Their hearts, their foolish hearts were darkened. Romans 1, back to delusion. Back to being deceived. Romans 1, their foolish hearts were darkened. <laughs> Ding. Uh, okay, I've got a minute left. So i got to end that story. Um, but So there will be continued debate in, in sports, in high schools. But I'm sad for high school girls that lose out on a scholarship because they're beaten by a guy, uh, the girls. And then they go to college, they lost out on a scholarship. That's costing them... Uh, you know, affects their career, uh, tens of thousands of dollars potentially in a scholarship. And is it fair? I know you guys. I know you, where you guys stand. It's You know it's not fair and because it's not true. It's the redefining truth. Someone should read a book about that. Redefining truth. And the subtitle of my 2017 book, Delusions of Replacing God and Calling Evil Good. All right, we, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, we were, we're going to talk about that article from Family Research Council. Religious Freedom Day. Did you know such a thing existed? Well, I believe it was like a week ago, and we've got some words from Tony Perkins and David Claussen at Family Research Council. Um, and then we're going to remind you about the um, Biden administration creating a database for those asking for religious exemption. Those stories and more coming up. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So in, I don't remember what year this was, but I should look it up. Um, Oprah did a show on, delu- She was, it was totally, uh, what a deceptive, what year was that? Where she featured the, quote, the first pregnant man. Do you remember that? Oprah, the first pregnant man. Um, I remember that. Oh, I I didn't come up there. Anyway, this was decades ago. So she helped feed this monster that we're living with now. Caitlyn Jenner helped feed this monster um, you can go on down the list. Miley Cyrus, the Kardashians. I mean, I mean, you just go on down the list of people that have fed this. It's it's really sad what's happening in our culture. It's really sad. We talked uh, last week about the suicide rates, depression and, and medications and suicide rates off the charts, particularly for teenagers. And it's not because of COVID. Um, this culture is eating kids up. And the more time they spend online and away from their church or their parents or positive influences in their lives, they're going to just fall for the, the delusions. Anyway, I want to get to this, uh, this article. Real quick, I quote this one 
Did you know that abortion accounted for 42% of all deaths worldwide in 2021? This was compiled by worldometers or worldometers, however you want to pronounce it. 42.6 million abortions worldwide in 2021, and that is chilling. You're wiping out a massive percentage of the population. Talk about the end goal of the global socialists and the the Great Reset, the, the climate activists, the alarmists, the population control promoters. promoters. Yeah, they want to limit the popula- population. Bill Gates said it. Um, okay, so I just want to set that one aside. I don't have time. Right back to the article I mentioned, Religious Freedom Day. Biden fails to uphold America's first freedom. 1993 is when the United States formally observed Religious Freedom Day. It was last week, or I think a week and a half, January 16. No, it was a week ago. The day honors the nation's first religious freedom law, and that was the Virginia Statute for Religious Freedom. That was passed when? In 1786. Now, like, like other presidents before him, Joe Biden released a proclamation acknowledging the day. Did he, does he, does he believe in it? Did he follow up with it? Well, let's continue. It's difficult to appreciate his rhetoric when many of his actions throughout the first year of his presidency have undermined the freedoms he claims to support. For example, following his inauguration, the new president issued an executive order that requires federal agencies to interpret federal laws that prohibit sex discrimination as also prohibiting discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. On February 4, Biden issued a memorandum on, quote, advancing the human rights of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex persons around the world. That was an executive order. On February 14 last year, President Biden issued an an EO dismantling the previous Trump administration's White House Faith and Opportunity Initiative, replacing it with the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships, advancing progressive policies, a shift away from preserving religious freedom. On March 8 last year, Biden issued an executive order that uh, aggressively protects certain groups, including the LGBT uh, community. On March 26 last year, the Department of DOJ uh, Justice issued a memorandum on the application of Bostock to Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, paving the way for schools' mandatory acceptance of gender identity ideology. I'm going to read that again paving the way for schools' mandatory acceptance of gender identity ideology. President Biden issued a statement May 17, recognizing International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. Well, if it's a lie to say God made them male and female, then that statement by Joe Biden is against the biblical Christian worldview. So believer in Christ, that's against you and I. Is Biden the great unifier? He, he wanted to be healing, right, for the country. He has done just the opposite. So he also called on Congress to pass the Equality Act, which, which the House of Representatives already passed. The Senate did not. The Equality Act, and that is, wow, That would be a very dangerous bill that would erode the freedom of churches, religious schools, students, and faith-based organizations. Talk about kicking um, 
hate crimes or hate speech laws into hyperdrive. Um, so let me see here. I'm going back to something I read earlier. Okay. Okay. Um, one more. The Biden administration has managed to undo or under, undermine many of these policies that would protect religious freedom and the rights, the rights of Christians, the rights of people of faith, relegating religious freedom to the back seat while pursuing radical policies couched in, quote, anti-discrimination, quote, unquote, language. So, yeah, I was looking for that Oprah article, sorry, and I, another one just came up, and this was when a man wins a women's beauty pageant. Remember that one from last year? That was last June. What does God think when a man wins a beauty pageant? Does, he, does God care? Does God care about lies? So, briefly, I mentioned earlier, We've got 10 minutes left. Um, this was from several weeks ago. A watchdog warned the Biden administration uh, is looking into creating a database of those who have asked for religious exemption to the government-endorsed shot, jab, vaccine, experimental treatment. And um, this should be chilling. It's a move that's likened to George Orwell's novel, 1984, We've heard more references to 1984 in the last two years than I think I have in, in my life. But um, the Daily Signal reports that it's happening at an agency in Washington, D.C., a pretrial services agency. I don't even know what that is. The, it, they state on their website, the federal agency responsible for gathering information about newly arrested defendants and preparing the recommendations considered by the court uh, the, the agency announced that they're creating a new record system that will store the names of personal, I'm sorry, store the names of people and, quote, personal religious information of employees who make religious accommodation requests for religious exemption from federally mandated vaccination requirements. Let me ask you this, friends in the United States of Entertainment, why would the government want to keep a record of those who are making religious exemptions or claiming religious exemptions to a government-enforced medical treatment, so-called. Why would they want to gather names? Are they making a list and checking it twice? Is it, is it Santa Claus? Are they going to give it to Santa who's been naughty and nice? You're naughty if you don't take the vax, if you don't take the shot? Now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not minimizing covid um, Delta, Omicron, or whatever is coming next, and there will be another one coming. I'm not minimizing that. Or the people that have got, I had COVID. It took me two months to get over it last year. All kinds of different symptoms. Um, but praise God, here I am, and here you are. If you had COVID, here you are. You're listening to this. What do we do? Well, first, you know, pray. Understand the times, though. Understand the times. We shouldn't be surprised by this, but we should evaluate. Test all things. Do not fall for the, don't be held captive by the philosophies of this world. So there's some things going on that this administration, and it should be concerning to anyone, whether you're a Christian or not, if you just believe in freedom, if you believe in the U.S. Constitution where fewer and fewer people are, believing in this. So we should be concerned about some of these things. Let me go over now to Harbinger's Daily, a great website again, and I wanted to at least touch on this important article 
By the way, they put up, they have a page for uh, the link to Stand Up for the Truth. So God bless them for doing that. We didn't ask for that. We didn't pay for that. Uh, they did that because they support this ministry, this podcast. So thank you to Harbinger's Daily. Um, the United Nations unprecedented witch hunt against Israel. I know we're jumping around today, but this is an important topic. Well, largely established to forge friendly relations among nations, the UN has been anything but friendly to the Jewish state, Israel, and, of course, to Christians. But the UN General Assembly, UNGA, has long afforded a platform and impunity for those promoting Israel's destruction. This is fact. This is truth. And even some in the UN have endorsed the ethnic cleansing of Jews from their homeland. Let's go back to 1974. They hosted the then chairman of the Palestine Liberation Organization, PLO, Yasser Arafat, who infamously referenced his, quote, freedom fighters gun during his speech. At that time, the PLO was an internationally recognized terrorist organization with its charter stating that, quote, armed struggle is the only way to liberate Palestine. Some four decades later, terrorists still receive impunity in the United Nations General Assembly. In 2018, the UNGA rejected a resolution that sought to condemn the terrorist group Hamas. While the Assembly condemned anti-Semitic terrorism for the first time in 2021, it has targeted Israel in 112 resolutions since 2015. Let me put this in perspective. This represents a staggering 70% of all United Nations General Assembly condemnations since then. They have, let me repeat that because we don't hear enough about this. They have targeted Israel 112 times, 112 resolutions since 2015. They failed to condemn terrorist groups as recently as 2018, Hamas. So the UN Human Rights Council, you kind of laugh at that title, doesn't fare better uh, in, a, in its astonishing bias against Israel. They were conceived to address human, li- human rights violations, right? But 55% of its um, resolutions that have condemned someone, ha- they have targeted Israel 55% of the time. Further, The Council's Agenda Item 7, which targets Israel, remains the only permanent agenda item devoted to scrutinizing a single U.N. member state, Israel, out of 193 total members. This article goes on. We don't have time to to work through the whole thing, but I will post this in the podcast notes at standitforthetruth.com. This is where we're at, friends. This is where we're at. One more article. Seismic changes in the persecution landscape. Afghanistan emerges as global leader in Christian persecution. We knew China. We knew Iran. We knew Africa. But Afghanistan. Now, that's very interesting. So the worst perpetrator of religious persecution is no longer North Korea. The most difficult and dangerous place to be a Christian is now Afghanistan. Isn't that interesting? Since we pulled out of there quickly and irresponsibly, and as unorganized as that fiasco was, now look what's happening there, the chaos. Do you hear that reported 
by the one-party big tech media conglomerate. No. Afghanistan is in chaos. We don't hear that in the news. But it's now the leader in Christian persecution, thanks to its recent seizure by the Islamic militant group, the Taliban, which violently enforces its brand of Muslim extremism. The total number of Christians in Afghanistan is estimated to be between 10 and 12,000, and almost, almost all are converts from Islam. So they're already in danger. And now, pray for them, friends. Pray for them. The persecuted Christians around the world, but especially in Afghanistan now. So the Taliban forbid, of course, the conversion of Muslims to Christianity. Those who do risk being tried and convicted of apostasy, the punishment for which is death, according to their interpretation of Sharia law, Widespread reports that the Taliban are already responsible for 100 killings since their capture of the country last summer. It's already very possible that Afghan Christians will be murdered prior to their trial. Almost 6,000 Christians were killed for their faith last year, according to a report. So that one is an important one. Uh, Forgive me, we ran out of time. I wanted to get to that sooner, but I will put that. Seismic changes in the persecution landscape. Afghanistan, global leader in Christian persecution. We've got to wrap things up. Uh, Natasha Crane is under the weather. We were going to talk to her tomorrow. Uh, We're going to get someone else in here, hopefully. And we've got Nathan Jones on the podcast from Lamb and Lion Ministries on Wednesday. Dr. J.B. Hickson on Thursday, Tony Garule of Radical Truth on Friday, and to end the month on Monday, Gary Ka, Hope for the World. Thank you guys so much for your support and your prayers. And as always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.